Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Face front, true believers. On tonight's Marvel TV Weekly, we look back and celebrate the fantastic, amazing, spectacular, fantastic, uncanny, and dare I say it, marvelous 95 years of Stan Lee. Nuff said. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz New York City, anything is possible. Anything can happen. And it usually does. This is Stan Lee, warning you that the scenes from this movie are not nearly as spectacular as the story you are now about to see. Now that right there is a piece of narration from Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which will factor in heavily into the conversation here, because that is how I discovered Spider-Man. But before we get into any of that, welcome to Marvel TV Weekly. I'm Christian Blatt, joined as always on the far side of the desk by the one, the only, Zia Land, Zia Landerson, Zia Anderson, say hi to the people. You're so hey excited. Hey guys, I'm so excited. This song just hypes me up every time. Because you didn't even know there was a Ramones version it. of the Spider-Man scene. I know. And making his first appearance on the show, so excited to finally have him. Oh, it feels like, it feels like it's it's Star Trek to have you here because, uh, <laughs> as you may or may not know, us uh, Frank and I do the uh, Star Trek Weekly, which will be coming back in January to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Frank... I have been and always shall be your friend. Thank you for coming here. Sorry that it has to be this occasion, but I'm so glad that uh, you're able to join us. He's not really gone as long as we remember him. That's true. He's not really gone because uh, there are at least four more cameos to come, I think, uh, which uh, we'll talk about all of that. And uh, Zia, are you uh, manning the chat? And we'll just say yes, you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, yep, I'm on that. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so if you're in the chat, please let us know some of your thoughts, favorite memories of, of Stan the Man Lee, and uh, anything else you would like to talk uh, talk about here on the show uh i'll uh, start off first uh as i mentioned we played that narration at the beginning which was from spider-man and his amazing friends which stan lee narrated every episode of that series and that series is how i found spider-man all i knew about superheroes came from saturday morning cartoons so to me like the super friends was pretty cool, which will tell you how little I was. And then Spider-Man and Amazing Friends, I'm like, oh, I like these I like these a lot better. Uh, and uh, that's where I really just, I fell in love with the character. And I always thought of Stan Lee and Spider-Man because this guy who said his name was Stan Lee started every episode. I didn't know who Stan Lee was, but he didn't care. He wanted to make sure that we, we learned who he was. And uh, so... That was, uh, you know, so I've always associated Stan Lee with Spider-Man and with superheroes and my love of comic books. Every Marvel comic for decades has been Stan Lee Presents, you know, which is a great title to have. You know, if, if I could have shows that I'm not even a part of and it just says Christian Black Presents, uh, I would feel like I'm doing something right. Uh, Frank, as our guest, you're going to trump the chivalry card. Instead of me letting the lady go first, oh I would like the guest to go first. That's how special you are. That's right. Holy cow. You're more <laughs> special than a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of your uh, your thoughts about uh, about Stan and sort of maybe when you first became aware of just who Stanley is. The uh, I feel like your my impressions of Stan as a child. Sure. 
uh, much different as uh, as you learn and grow and you uh, learn more about the history sure. of Marvel. It definitely becomes a little bit more uh, complex. My, uh, my my feelings about Stan, but yeah, uh, I, I feel like the the first time it's it's got to be just from the comic books. I mean, comic books are my my introduction to Marvel, just superheroes in general, but Marvel in particular. And seeing Stan Lee's name, you're just like, oh, who's, who's Stan Lee presenting this? So. Uh, finding out, oh, hey, he's just not the editor-in-chief, but he was also a writer. He also created these characters. When did you start re- yeah. going back and reading all these things? Yeah, when I started reading, there was a reprint book called Marvel Tales, which yes. had started printing from Amazing Fantasy 15 and Amazing Spider-Man number one all the way through. Well, they didn't go all the way through, but they did probably about almost 100 issues or so. So when I started reading, I was able to read some of these earliest stories. So I'm like, hey, that's Stan Lee guy from <laughs> Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. He actually writes comics. What do you know? Um, uh, Zia, sort of your thoughts on when you first became aware of Stan, and uh, you know what what you what just your overall thoughts are about the man that they call the man. The man. Um, my first awareness of Stanley was really actually because of the movies. It was the movies that got me into even reading some of the comics, which I've only read a very small fraction of what I know there is. Um, so I'm still catching up. Uh, but it was the movies and then just hearing my dad talk about it because he read a lot of the comics when he was younger. So he was the one that was kind of like, yeah, this is who Stanley is. This is what he's done. This is why he's in the movies. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, and, yeah, just realizing that he – how much work he put into the world is incredible. And what he gave everybody I think is so cool. It's just – it's – I'm just a big book nerd in general, so any sort of thing like that. And when I was younger, I think I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, when, what was the first movie that came out of it? Was Iron Man? Iron Man was the first cinematic universe, but we had, we had, we had, we had the X-Men movies, and we had a couple of X-Men movies by then. I think we actually had the first three were before Iron Man, and we had a couple of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I think the first three were all before Iron Man. So, yes, and as we've talked about before on the show, you watched the X-Men animated series. X-Men animated series. And the Spidey animated series. And the Spidey animated series as well, yeah. And that was when I was very young. So I've just, yeah, I've grown up with so many of his creations. And it's funny because you don't think about it when you're a kid. It's only when you get a little bit older that you're like, oh, someone has to create this stuff. And it's, you know, Stan Lee amongst others. Right. And and that's always the key is that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of credit is applied to him. And I mean, he—I I don't know that he would go around not saying co-creator, but a lot of right. times people would say he's the creator. But he would be very clear that he co-created a lot of these yes. characters. Maybe take a little bit more credit than was due. Uh, but I, what I do always point out is I very specifically remember hearing him say once that Doctor Strange. Oh, that was all Steve Ditko. I don't know anything. You know, it's like he's just like that was just a crazy one. You know, but he appreciated it. But it was just like, yeah, that that wasn't living <laughs> in my head. Um, but uh, so to that point, Frank, you know, there existed what they called the Marvel method, which is is a nice way to say, you know, organized chaos, really. is just Stan had a bunch of ideas there. He had some of the most talented writers in comics at the time and really ever. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, do something about this. <clears throat> and then they draw whatever that story was and he'd go back and fill in the words. So then I guess the question becomes, well, who really wrote that? Uh, I, I would say they both wrote it. Stan definitely wrote it because he had the idea and he wrote the dialogue. He's not the only writer. I think that, you know, the artist did a lot of the heavy lifting. And is that sort of what you're alluding to is sort of the fact that Stan is really the one who gets a lion's share of the credit for a lot of what was done? It is. And, you know, I feel like as uh, as successful as Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Stan Lee were in their various ventures, I 
feel probably my favorite collab uh, creations of theirs or stories of theirs are when they collaborated because I feel like you know, for what it's worth, Jack Kirby and the New God saga. Yeah. Or, uh, but if you look at, I think I enjoy Stanley Jack Kirby on the Fantastic Four, where there are two people kind of working together, working against each other at times. Yeah. Uh, that 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 collaboration, that friction, generated better stories at the as the end result, rather than what they were able to do when they kind of had they left their own devices. I feel like I enjoyed the collaborations. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know, if you look at you know Steve Ditko, some of his work for he worked for DC, worked for uh, Charlatan. You know, he did characters like the Blue Beetle. He did all this stuff that you know had some degree of success, but you can't really point to it and go like, yeah, that's just as great and just as well regarded as his collaborations with Stan. I mean, look, some of one of Steve's later uh, creations for Marvel. I think in the late 80s was a character called Speedball. That's right. That is one of my least favorite guys. I couldn't, I was just like, oh my God, it's a guy who drew Spider-Man. I can't wait to, what the hell am I reading? Well, since I've never heard of him, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Oh, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He ended up on the New Warriors and, uh, you know, that was usually, that was where a lot of uh, rejects ended up, you know. Well, the the original Nova ended up there and, you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, and the, hey, the New Warriors are the ones who caused uh, Civil War to happen in the comic books, so... You but, know. That, but that was more of a, uh, a secondary... Uh, There's a secondary life of yes. the New Warriors, absolutely. There was no Firestar. There was no uh, Vanguard slash Justice there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it is a lot different at that point. And look, as I mentioned, the Spider-Man Amazing Friends, always a huge fan of Angelica Jones' Firestar. I love the fact that they actually put her in the comics. I, it was That dynamic was so cool, and I never realized... I never wonder, I always wondered why they never did more of that in the comics. They had always do an occasional issue where... Those characters would team up. Yeah. But, in fact, I, there was just a recent issue of Iceman where the three of them teamed up for an adventure. But Oh, that's great. See, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Came out like and two weeks ago. Yeah, there's, uh, you don't get a lot of that. You don't get a lot of, like, creations for an animated series that end up. The much more significant one would be Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what happened. Right there. I'm so yeah. choked up. <laughs> <clears throat> but... Um, I sounded fine before the show. But, you know, Stan, it makes everybody emotional. Uh, in any case, uh, I think that uh, it, it's interesting because they had, as you mentioned, very difficult working relations pretty much with, with most people, I think. And the one with Steve Ditko was pretty shaky because he, I think he lasted 33 issues on Amazing Spider-Man. And, you know, John Romita comes in and it's amazing. Eh, that's a pun. I didn't actually intend it, but I'm kind of happy that it came out of my mouth. I'm not going to say I'm going to take it back. But, uh, you know, so you get, like, just another, like, amazing run. Oh, I did it again. You get a spectacular – damn it. You get a web of run. Right, I'm done. You get an ultimate run right after that. That just uh, – I think it, it's great. But uh, Steve Ditko uh, is, you know, kind of considered a little bit more of a secondary co-creator just because of how much he did – Stan did with – Jack Kirby. Uh, and somewhere in there, uh, Anthony in the booth, uh, is an image called uh, Funky Flashman, which is a character that Jack Kirby created for Miracle Man. And as you can kind of see, the uh, the evolution in the four panel there, and then the two pictures of uh, you know Stan, Stan with the beard, uh, basically, this was a parody of Stan Lee very publicly in the pages of a DC comic. So things didn't really 
it's not like they didn't end well. There's like a good 20 years of things just not being good between them. And, you know, you I've heard second stand, secondhand stories about just the way that Jack would talk about Stan. And he never called him Stanley. He's like, let me tell you about Stanley Martin Lieber. Like, he always used his full name. He's just like, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, Tony in the booth, I did uh, want to include you in our conversation before we dive in a little bit more. Uh, your thoughts on Stanley? Do you mostly know him from the cameos, uh, or had you read a lot of comics and seen his name? What was your thought when you heard that uh, Stanley passed away at the age of ninety-five? Um, okay, well, that's a lot of. Uh, hold on, let me get my mic checked. Sorry about that. Hello, check, everybody. Check, check, check. This is a real quick introduction. Hello, my name is Tony B. Tony. I mean, no, that's not my name. That's Sorry. not your name. <laughs> my name is Anthony Bassar. Anyways, um, well. Let's, let me ask, answer the second part because that's easier for me. Um, so where I was when Stanley, um, I know I learned about his passing. Uh, I got a notification through Twitter um, right before I saw Overlord in theaters, and um, yeah, it kind of bummed me out be, right before the movie started um, because I know he's he's just such a huge icon, you know. Um, even for me, like someone who doesn't re- actually like avidly read comics. Um, knows who Stanley is and knows what he's brought to our world and our universe and it's 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 very grandiose um so my personal relationship with Stanley I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat this it's it's virtually non-existent really <laughs> to be honest with you um yeah but I know you've read all eight parts of the Dark Phoenix saga and every one of those is presented by Stanley so right yes. there his name was slapped right at the top of them you know yeah, so yeah I know his like his iconic like he's a, he's a huge icon and everything um and I appreciate everything he's brought to to this world and um it's a it's a shame uh well i mean it's a, it's a bittersweet kind of thing i mean he was 95 yeah, when you get to be 95 years old that's a that's a great and you know by all accounts maybe not working up until the day he died but seemed like working up until you know the week that he passed away so uh and anthony uh you just finished the spider-man video game and uh i understand he has a cameo in that right yeah and it was a, it was a very like a heartfelt cameo too um yeah, it's uh, he's kind of like in this cafe or whatnot, and it's Peter and Mary Jane in the cafe, and they're they're like talking, and uh, they're like not together, but they're trying to sort of get together. Yeah. But you know, you know how it goes. That oh, those two kids. Yes. Always then, getting together, and then Mephisto gets involved and tears him apart, and right, yeah. or she's a water clone or something. And, then, <laughs> and so there's he, always problems. He always he, he they they end up walking out, and he stops Peter. He's like, "I'm glad to see you two together. You two were always my favorite," and it was very heartwarming um one of the the parts that affected me the most about his death and it might sound selfish uh be it as is take it as you will but like the moment i realized like man like i saw people with his pictures and stuff like oh that's cool like you know playing tribute to him and the moment i realized like huh i'll never get a picture with stanley and yeah. that's when I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's when yeah. I felt it, like, it hit me. I uh, Call it selfish, call it what it is, but, like, I, I still felt the weight of his death at that moment. I was like, wow. Anthony, how 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 far up on the, your list of priorities in life was getting a photo with Stan Lee, though? Not high. No, I didn't think there so. you go. Yeah. Because you didn't do it. <laughs> that's why it's very selfish, yeah. <laughs> well, our, our friend Amy Cassandra Martinez, who used to be on this show and is on Marvel Movie News now, uh, I know she has a picture, but is one of those meet and greet pictures where you had to you know pay extra for it and i don't know i i like to get pictures with people for free so that's that's just me though you know but that's that's how i operate now 
Uh, in a little bit, we're going to talk about Stanley's cameos, but uh, that directly ties into the personal interaction that I did have with Stanley a couple of times. Uh, for years, I was the producer of Dennis Miller's nationally syndicated radio show, and uh, he was a guest a number of times. And I know Z has heard this story, I think, twice before, but that's all right. Uh, when I first booked him on the show, I left a voicemail for him. And I, the next day, I was in my office, and my phone rings, and I answer it. And on the other end of the line is this voice that says, Hello, is this Christian? And I'm like, Oh my God, Stanley's calling me back. There's no like doubt in my mind because it's that voice. You understand, yep. Frank? Come on. Uh, it's that voice I've heard ever since I was like six watching Spider Man and his amazing friends. And uh, so I'm just like, I'm going to play it cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Christian. Hello, this is Stan Lee. And I'm like, I know. That must be how he starts every conversation. <laughs> you know, like he's narrating a cartoon. Are you sure that Dennis Miller would want to talk to me? And I was like, well, that's that's delightful because that's like a very a very humble sort of reaction from somebody who maybe at that especially at that point in his life this is only like ten years ago, you know. So he's so he's eighty five. So he's done. He's still done eighty five years of. Well, he didn't. He didn't. You know, he did like sixty five years worth of uh, of comic book work. You know, he didn't need to be humble at that point. So I don't know. I like that. Now uh, he was on the show a number of times and. By 2014, I was really comfortable on that show. I was, well, I was Dennis's on-air co-host. So I asked, like, hey, when Stan's on, can I ask him a question? So I have the audio from that. And, uh, Anthony, that's the uh, Stanley. it's listed as Blackcast clip. But it's from the Dennis Miller Show in 2014. So if we could hear that, I'll play it for the audience. Stan, uh, my name's Christian. Uh, thrilled to talk to you. I just wanted to know, you have so many great cameos in all the recent Marvel movies. I wanted to know if you had a personal favorite. And I want to tell you that for me, I it was you as Willie Lumpkin in Fantastic Four because I loved seeing you play one of the characters you created. But it was actually replaced just a few years ago as the librarian wearing the headphones, completely oblivious to the fight between <laughs> Spider-Man and the Lizard. So those are kind of like tied for my favorite. But do you have a favorite? is my favorite because it gave the viewer a chance to see how musically adept I am. <laughs> I was keeping time to the tune by tapping my fingers. And if you were observant, you would have seen that I tapped my fingers to such perfect melody and rhythm. <laughs> no, I love that one. And there was Spidey fighting for his life with against the lizard behind me. And I was totally unaware. <laughs> And, uh, you know, a little uh, something for aspiring broadcasters there. When you are talking to a comic book legend, make sure that you filibuster for 45 straight seconds before you let them talk uh, instead of just asking them a question. But anyway, uh, I do still enjoy the clip uh, all the same. And I actually had the occasion two short years later to ask him the same question uh, on The Tomorrow Show with our fearless leader, Kevin Undergaro. He was a guest via phone, but uh, I, I was wondering if the answer had changed, and I did only, I literally had like a minute for one quick question. So uh, I went with, I went with old reliable. I went with the cameo question. So let's take a look at that, Anthony. Final question. You were talking about the movies earlier, and we know that the, the movies, a huge part of them is your cameo in those movies. Uh, we were wondering what if you have a favorite that stands out that was the most fun to do. Uh, we probably each have ours, but we're sort of wondering what you think was well, the best. Well, they were all fun to do, but my favorite is the one where uh, 
I'm with Thor and he's drinking something and I asked for a drink and he says, no, it's too strong for you. But I insist that he gives it to me and in the next scene they're dragging me away and I'm saying, shake Josiah. And the reason, the reason that's my favorite, it's the only one I've done that was two scenes. So let that be a hint for the directors from now on. I want a couple of scenes. Yep, I like that. I think that there were other ones that were uh, more than one scene, although I think that those are some of the non-Marvel ones, like the uh, Teen Titans Go. He shows up a couple of times in that, which, uh, that, I mean, that that's sort of the, the great thing about this, is there's sort of this larger-than-life quality where he's not just in Marvel movies. He's in DC movies, and yes, Disney owns Marvel, but he's in Big Hero 6. You know, yeah. he shows up, he's going, uh, by all accounts, he's going to be in uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, a movie that it would make sense if they called it Ralph Wrecks the Internet, but instead they want to use a popular phrase from five years ago, so it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. But anyway, that's not what this show's about. Uh, so um, that's just a little bit about my own personal interaction. So I never, I, I got the chance to talk to him a couple of times, and at least I have recordings of a few of those. The The phone conversation in my office would probably be the one that I would want the most because that was just the you know much more off the cuff but uh I'll remember it as long as I can and uh it's uh I don't know it's uh it's very easy for me because you know look I'm I'm not part of Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko's estate I I've heard all those accounts I have a I have a fondness for Stan but you certainly realize that you know, he's a little bit P.T. Barnum, uh, as his uh, cameo in Iron Man shows. He's a little Hugh Hefner. Uh, but in a lot of ways, he's he's Ray Kroc. You know, he's like the guy who took McDonald's and then he franchised it. You know, that, that When I hear them talk about that Marvel method, it's kind of like, okay, well, you, you put the you put the hamburgers over here and you put the burger on and you put the ketchup on. You know, it's a, it's a, just, it's, it's a system. And then the only difference is that when Stan goes back and he writes the dialogue, it's just some of this crazy overly verbose just eloquent slash ridiculous just this mixture of like no one talks like this except stan lee's characters and uh it's i don't know it's you'll you'll never mistake uh, a page that was written by stan lee at least in the early days for a page that was written by somebody else you know frank like anybody who's ever read an x-men comic written by chris claremont just the number of word balloons you're like oh yeah that 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 was that was written oh, yes. by him yeah uh do you have uh sort of a, a favorite I, I mean it's hard to do you have a favorite stan story and by that i mean written by uh, is 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 Spidey your favorite character? Because it's kind of hard not to be. Uh, what what are some of your favorite things? You know, in terms of his his output, his work. It's. I, th- I feel like everybody in, who am I to argue with that? The um, early Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man issue, where yeah. he's trapped under the wreckage and he's got to get out. Yeah. I mean, that's a classic Spider-Man story. Which is so great to have seen, at least, you know, an approximation of it in Homecoming. Like, I was very excited. I'm like, oh, my God, he's buried under it. You know. From everything, just seeing the uh, the reflection in the uh, the water of half Peter Parker, half Spider-Man. Always yeah. love that uh, that when they do that in the comic books. It was great to see that realized on the screen. Yeah, and uh, Zia, you've got your uh, eyes on the chat, but uh, if you see anything, please let me know. I do. There's a couple good things in here. We've got. Um, it was Xavier Clark said when I first met him, I didn't know what to say. I was nervous, and I told him, "Sir, you are a god among men. He will always and forever be my hero." It's a okay. really nice sentiment. Um, I believe here, Zigzag favorite cameo: him and Lou Ferrigno as security guards. 
Yes, that's in the Ang Lee Hulk, I okay. think. Yes. Um, and I'll be honest, it is a movie I've not seen because uh, I just, there was so much, so much bad reaction to it at the time. I just didn't get around to it. I like the one with Ed Norton. Uh, I would like to see that one, though. And I, I've, I've seen that cameo because when we run through the cameos, uh, do you feel like I, I, I'm, that's an oversight on my part, the Ang Lee Hulk? No. Yeah. The, uh, when the first time that he really hugs out is because he's doing paperwork. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's not how you want the first time to no. have the milk man, Hulk manifest. No. If, if they do it better on the, the old Bill Bixby TV series, like when he hulks out, which they it's better than what you just described. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say it's better. Uh, well, Zia, you'll continue to keep an eye on the chat. But uh, in the meantime, I know you have a very important message for anyone and everyone out there in the AfterBuzz TV audience, don't you, Zia? I do. Yes, AfterBuzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that is tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional and you can turn them off. So hit that subscribe button now and let us know you did so in chat, and we will uh, thank you on air. And uh, for now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Thank you, Zia. I, I've noticed that you uh, have that mostly memorized. I do. Mostly because uh, there have been weeks where I've heard you read it like four times. So I, I do yeah. do them every show in a row. I've somehow become the the live yeah. read person. <laughs> Yeah, every show that I've been on with you, you're always the, we did the we did the Daredevil after show, the Iron Fist after show. I've been a guest on the Doctor Who panel, so thank you for being the ESPN of live reads. We really appreciate you're it. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. Uh, so, uh, you know, last week we did a, a salute to veterans, and uh, I took a moment to celebrate Stan Lee for his service as a veteran during World War II. And I was thinking about that when I found out the next day that he had passed away. That I was like, there's. I, I feel like I've I honored a part of his life that doesn't get a, a lot of attention. Uh, uh, that was sort of the last time I spoke of him as someone who's still with us. But, of course, Stan will always be with us. Uh, he, he's in the cameos. And, look, Stanley's going to continue to present every Marvel comic and everything that uh, comes forth. Uh, I asked uh, our friend Michael Shirley, who uh, was a previous panelist uh, on this show, but... Then moved to Tennessee, that old story, uh, and he said he actually didn't want, he was really upset about it, so he didn't want to send a video, but he said, how about a quote? So I'll read a, a quote from at Michael X. Shirley, who you might remember used to be on this show. For once, I really don't know what to say. It's heartbreaking, so i rather not dwell on it and just be excited to see how the brand continues to honor and expand on such a rich history of work that always embraced the outsiders, showed the power of women, and fought for diversity. Uh, all great points to be made about Marvel as a whole. And, you know, Stan, even before he got to the cameos, which we'll speak about momentarily, he was always a visual presence in the pages of the comics because they had something called the, the bullpen bulletins. Bullpen bulletins. And there was Stan's soapbox was a was like a corner yellow panel in there. So it, it tried to make it seem like the, the Marvel bullpen, one, existed because they actually didn't work in a bullpen and most of the creators, you know, didn't come into the didn't come into New York City and like draw, you know, on, on like a on like an 
an easel or an artist's board. You know, they would come in with their finished stuff, but they didn't actually all work there. But he gave the impression, it's like, oh man, it's just, it's this crazy wild place where anything can happen and sometimes does. And he was at the forefront of it. And you can see Stan's soapbox columns from like the mid to late 60s where he's like, you know, some people think our books are a little preachy. And he would say things like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I think it's really important that we stand up for people. He would talk about uh, human rights, civil rights, of course. The civil rights movement was going on at that point. So he was definitely at the forefront of that. But it all ties into sort of the idea that the it's often talked about, Frank, that these Marvel characters differed from superheroes that we had before because uh, they were... Before they were powered in any way, they were not particularly super, you know. They were very flawed in a lot of ways, you know. Peter Parker was, you know, he was, well, he was a nerd, but, you know, which obviously you can identify with him. I don't mean you. I mean I we, the reader. No, I yeah, I meant, I just meant you. Yeah, I didn't. I never identified with him. No, and so, you know, and just you'd read about these stories and, you know, even even Tony Stark, who's a millionaire, you know, and that's sort of the the old blueprint for the backstory of a superhero. Well, you know, he's a huge drunk. I know that doesn't happen for a few decades, but uh, he's such a drunk he can't be Iron Man anymore. You know, he ends up homeless. So where's that movie, Robert Downey Jr.? You know, uh, too close to home. But uh, so uh, I I've always kind of and look, you can't say oh they're more realistic. No, because they're superhero stories. There's cosmic rays and gamma rays and radioactive spiders. Uh, genetic mutations, I find that a little believable. But a lot of this other stuff is, is very fantastical. But I sort of like that at least up until the moment where the extraordinary happens, it feels like it's a real world. It happens in New York City. It happens in real places. It's not Metropolis and it's, it's not Gotham City. You know, I, there was sort of a real element to it. Did you find that appealing? I know that you also like plenty of uh, DC characters. Did you find that to be a difference or is it just something more that people say more in hindsight when they try to sound smart about comic books like I just did? No, it's uh, it's because you never saw Batman uh, worrying about Aunt Harriet's you know medication. Right. I mean, since Aunt Harriet was really just more of a TV show yeah. thing than the uh, the comic books, but you they had real world struggles. Uh, you know, Spider Man is you know taking photos. Peter Parker's taking photos of himself as Spider Man to sell to make money, things like that. They uh, the DC Comics didn't have to worry about. Yeah, uh, it was interesting just seeing uh, a lot more of the human foibles that you could uh, see in your daily life kind of reflected in the people that you read in these comic books. And I feel like that made it more entertaining. That, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy DC comics, sure. but it didn't feel as I was it, it, as relatable in a sense you put, I think by default you ended up putting the DC heroes on more of a pedestal uh, as opposed to what, the Marvel heroes, which you feel what's more relatable. You could hang out with these people because you could completely relate to the problems that they're going for, with going through even though they had incredible superpowers. Yeah, and they're, you know, it, it's just relatable that, you know, the what these people, you know, the, all the things that they went through. And, I mean, look, when I was a kid, I talked about the time period. It's, it's the early 80s. It was definitely not cool to like comic books in the early 80s when I did. And it was a little bit cooler, like 10 years later. And now it's like, 
It's like the opposite. If you don't like comics, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? Why don't you like the Avengers movies? You're the loser. Going out and playing sports and being a cheerleader? You're a loser. You don't like to sit home and play video games and watch comic book movies. But there was something about just this this guy, Stan Lee, who narrated the movies. And I'm like, well, he's a grown-up in some sense. You know, to me, he seemed like a grown-up. And I'm like... He did all right for himself, so maybe it's going to be all right that I, that I like comics. And, you know, it was a lot harder to find friends who liked comics back then, you know. There wasn't the internet, and where I grew up, it's not like there was a, you know, a comic book convention that was a stone's throw away. It was like a really big deal to go to one, you know. Um, but uh, Zia, you know, obviously, when you grew up, it was already like the, the Marvel movies were starting, and the X-Men animated series and the Spider-Man animated series. And, you know, look, let's be honest, at that same time, you also had the Batman animated series Mm -hmm. and the Superman animated series. So you had these great representations where finally they were starting to get the idea of like, oh, maybe if we don't kitty them up too much... Yeah. They'll actually be better shows, yes. right? And so that's what you grew up watching, right? Yeah, that's what I grew up watching. And a lot of it for me was I was in my own little world in that. It was always me growing up with my cousins, and they were my best friends. And so that was – I just grew up watching that stuff with all of them. I didn't know if it was weird or if it was different because that's just what I was surrounded by. Um, I was definitely an outcast in school in general, so that's like a different story. I don't know really what other kids were watching. Yeah. So for me, I was just happy as can be with my cousins being like, this is freaking awesome. I used to run around pretending to be Storm, trying to make my eyes go roll in the back of my head. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I can do it at all. I don't even know if I could do it when I was a kid, but I tried. You know, Um, the the best Storm is Mohawk Storm. So if you ever want to try and recreate that, recreate that, I think that would probably be good. That would be a great look. Absolutely great look. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was just. It it was just so fun, I think, as a kid. And, and I agree. I, I liked that it wasn't kiddied up too much. Especially, I feel like, with the 90s, you could get away with that a lot more. You were supervised a little bit less, I feel like. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of movies and things that I should not have been watching but was. <laughs> and so and I, and I do think that it made it a lot better because it's kind of supposed to be like that. You know, it's not supposed to be too... I mean, we talk about them having all these problems. And I think it was ZigZag in the chat here said, you know, always broke bullied, having to deal with uh, X-Men, dealing with prejudice. So you can't you can't really sugarcoat that too much. Yeah, I mean, Peter Parker sells photographs to the Daily Bugle so that, you know, he can pay for Aunt May's medical bills. Uh, Clark Kent gets a job at the Daily Planet because he's got the hots for a reporter there and he thinks it would be fun. You know, I'm I'm definitely trivializing it a little bit, but it's not like he needed it, you know? It's like Peter, it was always like living check to check. Um, I don't want us to completely run out of time. So uh, what I would like to do, and we will talk over them so that we don't get in trouble for showing them, but uh, there is a great collection of Stan Lee cameos, and it's it's pretty much all of them, and I would like to credit Superhero Evolution as the YouTube channel where we've taken these from. So this is actually technically the first one, which is from The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which was a TV movie, which I saw, and I think The Death of the Incredible wow. Hulk is the next one, which had Thor in it, and Boy, just Google that. I did, have you seen that? Well, yeah. yeah. I, it, well, yeah. It's... And you can you can play it. We'll just talk over. You know, this is Lou Ferrigno. And there's there's a, right. at this point, a young Stan. But, of course, that was an older Stan. And then he's well known from the Spider-Man animated series. He's actually in the series. And Spidey goes web swinging around. But, uh, sorry, let, finish your thought on the uh, the Thor movie. Oh, yeah. Because so we, you know, we've had the Hulk and the Thor. That was yeah. the first one. Then it was Hulk and Daredevil. 
which was uh, Rex Smith, where he had like... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, he had the costume that was very similar yeah. to what you see in the Netflix series. Yeah. And then the third one was The Death of the Incredible Hulk, which... That's right. That I enjoyed probably the most out of all of them, especially the way that it ends. And you got Bill Bixby yeah. just later in the crater. This is, for those watching, this is actually yeah. my favorite Stanley appearance in any movie. And this is just a snippet of it. Uh, it, 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 it like runs for like six minutes of him talking the different scenes. He's in the movie Mallrats, Kevin Smith's second movie, and he just has this sort of elder statesman, you know, sort of he's giving advice to Jason Lee's character, and it's so funny. He just sort of it reinvented who Stan was. You know, when we were doing uh, when we were doing my podcast, the Black Cast, we were talking about this, Zia, and mm-hmm. I was like, it's sort of like seeing John Travolta in in Pulp Fiction and you're like oh I think of that guy different now all of a sudden Stanley was this guy and then and then he was like never stopped being in movies since uh, and then the uh, of the modern ones uh, apparently there's a there's a commercial that popped up but uh, when we come back from it uh, we'll actually see from the 2000 the first X-Men movie so this is like oh you know gosh. the first modern Marvel movie really and it's not an actual Marvel Studios movie it's a Fox film but uh, there's just like a little snippet of, of Stan when uh, you know the the senator's there, and you know it's a lot of like reaction shots of Stan where stuff's blowing up. The, there's a great one in the Daredevil movie that everybody hates, but uh, I feel like is a little little people are a little hard on, where a young Matt Murdock like you know stops Stan from getting hit by a bus. And this is what you were talking about. Here's Lou Ferrigno and Stan Lee in the Hulk, which is great. That's a, that's a great cameo. I like the twofers there. There's another one of those. Uh, Spider-Man 2, he's like ducking around for stuff. This is what I talked about in my conversation with him. He's playing Willie Lumpkin, who was the Fantastic Four's mailman in the comics. So I was excited about that. The one in X-Men The Last Stand is Stan Lee. Uh, he's watering the lawn, but also watering the lawn is Chris Claremont, longtime X-Men writer. That's actually him right there. Uh, and that's Stan. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They're fun. They're goofy. Uh, sometimes they're a little poignant. I don't know, Anthony, if you can turn up the volume on this one just a little bit, because uh, I like what he says here. Uh, Do I have to keep talking, though? You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. Our friend Amy, that's her favorite, by the way, when we were talking about that. Uh, He did not have one in Blade, did he? I don't think he did, because they, they did a good job. They actually used You're some right. TV series in here. This uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, he's like, I swear I'm on the list, you know. And uh, I, I have a friend who felt like the Stan cameo started to take away from the movies because, you know, he, they were they seemed like such a sides. But I love this one where, where Robert Downey Jr. just calls him half, you know. And uh, in uh, a later one, he, oh, this one from The Incredible Hulk where he drinks the irradiated <laughs> sodas was a favorite of mine. Oh. Yeah, it's just like it's such a quick little hit, you know. But uh, it's uh, it, it was so funny. He just literally <laughs> drops dead from it. So uh, you know, it's uh, they they take all shapes and sizes. And in Iron Man two, he actually plays Larry King. So there's a few times where he plays real life people. You know, I always think that's funny. And he's driving the truck in Thor. I don't know. I, I can see the point, but I always thought that they were fun. They give him a line. Sometimes yeah. they wouldn't. But uh, I don't know. It never took it out of the movie. It took me out of the movie no. because I was just always glad to see Stan. You know, it's uh, and it's fun to kind of see these little snippets from all these movies again because you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen these whole movies in yes. so long. You know, um, 
Zia, when they were back on the big screen, you did see some of them, right? I No, I actually only got to see one. Oh. I wanted to go see more. And then this is the one that, that we were speaking about that was Stan's favorite in 2014, where Spider-Man and the Lizard are just fighting in the background. And in the Avengers, he's like, superheroes in New York? I don't believe it, or whatever. And then uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. I think, Anthony, you were talking about this not long ago. Maybe this was the one you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. this is actually the, the exact same yeah. episode you I just saw not saw too this long ago. The other day, yeah. so I thought it was funny that that one was in here. Uh, and Stand he's By Me, he's also, I thought it was great. Yeah, he's also in the more recent uh, the Marvel's uh, Spider-Man show that they have. And, yeah, we just saw uh, Iron Man 3 and The Dark World where, you know, you can see that they're in the insane asylum and he wants his shoe back. Uh, I don't know. Did did they bother you, Frank? Or did you enjoy them? Uh, or were they quick enough where even if you didn't... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask that again in a second. Because this is Marvel TV Weekly, I need to highlight that this is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where uh, Simmons and Coulson are having a pretend fight on the train and uh, Stan takes a particular interest in it, so I always thought it was funny. I was glad that he uh, showed up. This is like the third episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was very early in the run, so I was glad he showed up in it. But sorry that I uh, interrupted oh, no, myself no there. Uh, did you enjoy them, or were there times where you're like, oh, come on, did we need Stan there? Well, I, I, you know, it's none of these are essential cameos that he's no. doing. But it's, I mean, it, it's fun. So when I, what's, what harm is there to have a little bit of Stan? And it comes to the point where you're like, all right, let's start looking for the standing cameo. Yeah. yeah. And, and every once in a while there'd be, like, you know, some of the, like, extended universe ones where he wasn't in it, like, First Class. I don't think he was in, unless I'm mistaken. And even Days of Future Past. Uh, but he was in Age of Apocalypse, which we'll see um, momentarily after this one. I like this one because Rocket is narrating his... Uh, oh, yeah, and then this is the one from Big Hero 6, which I thought was uh, really funny. It's actually a post credit scene mm-hmm. from Big Hero 6. Um, and uh, I don't know. And people in the chat, tell us what your favorite cameos were. And when we wrap this up, we'll uh, jump in with some of them. Uh, please let us know. And we we may not get to every single one of them, but uh, we'll yeah. get all the way up to the to the modern, uh, most current one, which is Venom. Because <laughs> no time for that. Yeah, now. no. Uh, but I think I, one I did enjoy was the Guardians, of, Guardians of the Galaxy two. We could work. Yeah, we'll, you'll see that. Context. You'll actually see mm-hmm. that in a little bit. Yeah, Zigzag just brought that up here in the chat. Yeah, we'll we'll see that. And then this one with uh, from Amazing Spider Man two. He's like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this is the one that Stan said was his favorite in 2016 from Age of Ultron, which yeah. Stop trying to scare us. Come on. <laughs> Go, Stan. And then I had actually forgotten about this one, Agent Carter, back to television now, what we cover here. I'd completely forgotten about this one with uh, Stark's dad. Um, and, uh, you know. But but good to know that uh, the Avengers 4 cameo is uh, in the bag. Yeah. This one in Ant-Man was funny because it was just part of the narration. And this is one of Zia's favorites. Yeah. Is the one from Deadpool. This is is a top five for me. That's awesome. Where he's the strip club DJ just because I wasn't expecting it. No. And some people uh, don't like this one, but I I think it's so funny. It was like, Tony Stank? And and Don and, Cheadle just made it. Yeah, because they really played it yeah, up. It was and perfect. this is X Men Apocalypse, where you'll see 
uh, you'll actually see he's got his sunglasses on and you can see the reflection of the missiles going up and it's, it's a nice cinematic moment. And the Doctor Strange one is a, you know, it's a really quick one right there. But uh, the And I like that sometimes he would be in teaser trailers. And in a moment we're going to see the extended trailer from that was for the Defenders before it launched. This is the great one from the Guardians of the Galaxy because it does play, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, because it plays into this theory that Stan Lee is one of the watchers. You know, these people who just stand around and can't interfere. Although, uh, Frank, for a race of people who can't interfere, they sure get involved a lot, don't they? Oh, absolutely. There's always a reason for them to do it. Yeah. Like, normally I, I would, uh, you know, But just my this battle. once. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. It's, uh, it's... Yeah, and then so uh, this is like Stan actually narrated a, a great commercial for the Defenders, which again TV. So we talk about it here. He's uh, giving narration for some of our favorites. It's not about living without fear, but facing injustice. It's not about being powerful, but finding your calling when you least expect it. They show us it's okay to be vulnerable. No matter how tough you are. Because even though they're heroes, they're still human. And what I'll say about the Defenders was it wasn't perfect, but man, I love crossovers so much that if if it was uh, Luke and Danny just like sitting around fighting for eight episodes, I would have watched that too. And then the Spider-Man Homecoming cameo is the last one in the first clip, uh, Anthony. So uh, yeah, we can uh, cut away from that, and then we can go to the other one in a minute. Um, we'll we'll throw that. I know. I know we're going long, but uh, we're we're almost done. Uh, I like this one from Thor Ragnarok. It's uh, this is one of those ones where you know maybe they spent a little bit more time on it than they needed to, but I think that they played off each other really well here. With the crazy like buzz saw him. Please, kind sir, do not cut my hair. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll just take these. Bring them over here and hold on. For and those were T'Challa's chips that uh, he had already walked away, so Stan takes them. And again, a cameo with Spidey, which I felt like if you're going to put him in Infinity War, that makes the most sense. Yeah. And then this is the last one for now from the cinematic universe where he's like, the 60s sure were fun, but I'm paying for it now. And uh, that's the last one there. And then, of course, we have the uh, Venom one, which is uh, queued up by itself. Uh, and uh, it's funny because... This clip is uh, one of those ones where somebody brought a camcorder into a movie theater and filmed it because it's not on DVD yet. But anyway, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and watch it anyway. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Don't give up on her, either of you. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Hey, that sounded like you, Tony Bitoni in the booth. Uh, anyway, uh, look, I, I just enjoy that we get all those cameos. And we, as I said, we're going to get one for Ralph Breaks the Internet and then also Into the Spider-Verse. Those are what's confirmed. But all indications, Captain Marvel, Avengers 4, who knows after that? You know, because they usually would, he would do like five of them at once, you know, on like, I would assume a soundstage in L.A. And it's like, if you look at them really closely, like the Spider-Man Homecoming one, he, it's a really tight shot of him across the way at a different looking brick wall. You know, you don't want to pick them apart too much. But, uh, you know... 
Do you think that people might... Uh, Zia, let me ask you first. Yes. Do you think that seeing Stan in a cameo now in a new movie, would you be like, oh, no. Well, you think it might get you a little differently? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where you, when it's an actor that you go back and you watch some of their older work and you realize they're no longer with you and you're not going to get... It's just, it's a weird thing, especially seeing somebody that you admire when you know they're gone and still seeing them. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's going to hit me a little bit for sure. <laughs> Frank, same question. It's, uh, I would, I would love for it if they had shot seven or eight yeah. cameos. Yeah. Like movies that haven't even begun filming yep. yet. Yeah. You know, but they're like, yeah, but this is how Stan's going to figure into just, it. It just should have been front of the green screen saying just a bunch yeah. of different lines and then you just drop it in. <laughs> just weird lines and you figure out where or, to fit them later. Or, okay, Stan, now react. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> yes. ah, something's going to fall in front of him. He'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, anyway, look, we could uh, we could talk about Stan for another hour, but we don't have another hour. We barely had this hour. But I uh, just wanted to talk. And uh, by the way, Zia, jump in if there's uh, any uh, check cameos that uh, we have mentioned. But anything that stands out from the people in the chat, uh, make sure you get to. Uh, we'll go to you with those. We actually have a tiny bit of news that I want to get to Ooh. first. Uh, it was announced, surprisingly, over the weekend that... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was renewed for a seventh season where, uh, when the sixth season won't premiere till the summer and every indication was it was going to be the last season. And my first reaction to that was like, man, that sixth season must be great that they were like, yep, we'll go ahead and take another one. Frank, did that surprise you? Are you a fan of the show? I'm I, a fan I of the like show. we've talked about yeah. it before, yeah. And, and very surprised that this far out it got picked up. But I mean, it, it's uh, I mean they cut the costs for the show, uh, yeah. and I mean it still does well uh, overseas and stuff. So I can understand why Marvel would want to still keep making this. And we we recently talked about how it's the most watched Marvel show on Netflix, more than any of the Netflix produced shows. Were you going to say something, Anthony? Yeah, real quick. Do we know if it's confirmed for the Disney streaming service, or is it going to stay on? TV? I would assume it would stay on ABC. But you know what? That's a good question. I don't it, think it, it's going to stay on ABC if it's a seven. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's what it is that they've just renewed it, and it would end up over there. That that's pretty smart. It would make so, sense. Yeah. So Zia, that's more episodes you need to watch. You're at like a hundred and so many eighteen, I think you need to watch or 110 i know but you know our friend our aforementioned friend amy she watched like 99 of them in uh, like six weeks that's insane yeah she's crazy that's impressive i was there um, for it yeah i know you remember it was it was during like when she started doing this show uh, last fall and she's like i'm gonna watch it and uh and then she put pressure on me because i was like a season and a half (laughs) behind uh what were you gonna say frank well i mean they shifted it over to a summer series so i feel like the expectations ratings wise aren't as scrutinized or as uh, lofty as they would need during the standard television season. So I could see where they could go, all right, we'll, we like what the quality is. We don't have to worry so much of, of, about the ratings. Let's keep it more towards the summer, and uh, they could still do well for us. Yeah, so I'm uh, looking forward to it because uh, I, I just want to yeah, – more more adventures of Coulson, Agent May, and Quake, and you know, the rest – uh, I like uh, I like the the team as it as it exists now. You know, I thought Deke was a nice addition. You know, I think it's interesting anyway. It's different. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Even though it's still what like eight months away or so. Yeah. But- I, I was always kind of bummed that they were never able to make uh, Deathlock more of an integrated part of the cast. I was excited that he was there. I thought yeah. that that was a great part of uh, season one. Uh, anyway, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, uh, you know, we won't break it down, the the whole thing, but there was the announcement that 
they officially released the Marvel timeline, and it answered a few questions, but then it kind of raises a couple more. We'll spend more time on it in a, in a couple of weeks, but I just wanted to make sure. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, Anthony did a great job and did a, a screen grab. Uh, it, it kind of moves up the time frame for some things, like the first Iron Man was filmed in 2000, or it was released in 2007, and now they say it's 2010, just to make it closer. I believe it was 2008. You're right, 2008. So the, just to make it a little bit closer to where everything else happened, you know, when the Avengers and all of these things. And it's interesting, because they don't even have the Ang Lee Hulk as part of the timeline. But... The Incredible Hulk, it's clear that these, this stuff had all happened to him before. You know, they, they, they started moving along there. But, uh, you know, there's a, there was a lot of questions because of the fact that in Spider-Man Homecoming, it says like eight years later, and then that didn't add up or anything. So clearly, it's actually five years later. It's not eight years later. So uh, I don't Do they go back and fix that? Probably not. Um, and then, uh, you know, everything happens kind of like back to back to back, like Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, because you think about where their characters are in Infinity War. Basically, those standalone movies are right before it. So that makes sense. Uh, there's there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of stuff that they could have been up to after Civil War. You know, you get the feeling that there were a lot of adventures for for Cap and his gang uh, that we didn't get to see. Uh, which you know, uh, maybe spinoff comics, maybe some shorts, maybe we'll get to see. Uh, but uh, we, we can digest it. But I wanted to make sure everybody knew it was out there. And no uh, Ant Man and the Wasp on there. Uh, you know what? It should be on there because it's clearly they, it wasn't on there as we released it, but. It's clearly like concurrent, at least the post credit scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. is clearly concurrent with Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So you would assume that the body of it happens, you know, before that, you know, but uh, it's a good point. Yeah. And he's been on uh, house arrest for some length of time after Civil War. So leading into that beginning of the film. Yeah. So and it's uh, it's about a year. So that 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 probably adds up, you know, now. They, if they wanted to help us, they could put the Netflix series in there, but they're like, no, we're not going to get bogged down into those details. Sorry, yeah. you're on your own. Zia, do you look <laughs> at all that and just does it give you a headache and you go like, oh, I don't care? No, not at all. It makes me want to rewatch them all is yeah. what it does. I just want to I, go through, I back agree. through the list. Yeah, watch them, watch them chronologically. <laughs> yes. Uh, Where does and- the Inhumans fit on there, though? <sighs> Well, it's we a TV don't show. Talk about that. <laughs> See, except right. I do talk about the humans because I love Lockjaw so much. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, weep a little earlier this, like uh, early November, like November seventh, when the uh, Inhumans when it, film? We talked about yeah. that on the show that <laughs> it was supposed to be the Inhumans yes. film, and you know, I think once the miniseries happened, they were like, "Yeah, we made the right call, not doing that theatrically." I'm surprised they're doing the Eternals because to me, they're like right up there with the Inhumans, where it was like just this grandiose concept that. I don't know, as a kid at least, never really worked for me, you know? The- yeah. I mean, Kevin Feige says, you know, they, the the fact that they're not very well known works in its favor. Yeah. So I'm willing to give them a shot. Uh, anyway, we uh, appreciate everybody who uh, joined us live. And if you're watching the archive version, uh, please leave comments down below. We will read them, not next week, because it is uh, Happy Thanksgiving to, well, to all of our Americans, for the Canadians... Forgot to wish you a happy Thanksgiving like two months ago or no, six weeks ago. But uh, we'll be back two weeks from tonight. Uh, Z and I will. And uh, Frank, thank you for sitting in. You're welcome oh anytime. Oh, and who knows what uh, what we'll have to talk about in the new year. You know, we've got a new season of Runaways. There'll be more Cloak and Dagger and uh, eventually Shield. But in the meantime, Frank, where do people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. And Zia? 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. It's XIA underscore land. And also, tomorrow night, we're going to do the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina after show at 9 p.m. And that's a that's a Netflix show, so you're doing like four episodes at once? We're going to do, yeah, we're going to basically do character arcs because there's so much to cover. So we're going to kind of do themes. Okay, well, that sounds like that'll be a fun one. If I had watched the show, I would check yours out, but uh, (laughs) I would like to see it at some point. Uh, My wife worked with Kiernan, who plays Sabrina, on uh, my wife worked with her on Mad Men, and she was always very nice at parties, so I feel like I should watch her show just because she was nice. That's really all it comes down to. That's Mm -hmm. how I look at show business. Uh, And of course, at Tony B. Tony underscore in the booth. Ayo. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm uh, at Christian DMZ. And in addition to all the great things that I do here, my personal podcast, The Black Cast, the most recent episode of which did indeed also look at Stanley. We have a lot of clips in there. Uh, Zia was there. Amy Cassandra Martinez was there and my friend Jeff DeRay. So you can look for that at BlackCast on Twitter or B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Uh, again, uh, was a, a, a nice moment to look back and reflect on the life of Stanley, but you can't be that sad because, man, did he take a lot of bites out of life. So, uh, as as we say every single week here on the show, Excelsior! Spidey fans for making Spidey and his friends the most popular superheroes of all. This is Stan Lee. Excelsior! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later! <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.